You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day, pod lovers, podcasters, podlings, and welcome to Behind the Podcast, the podcast that opens the studio doors and takes a peek behind the microphone to tell you, the listener, the producer, the creator, the aficionado, what's happening in the podverse. I'm Jules, and with me, as always, is Stocks. Hello. In this week's episode, Warner Music's interval from regular programming, Marvel's content multiverse shrinks, podcasting ads eclipse radio, Kids get informed. Is audio too corporate to be cool? And are cars the next podcasting frontier? All right, g'day, 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 and welcome back to another week of Behind the Podcast with Jules and Stocks. I am Jules, and with me is Stocks. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing this week, mate? Good, good. Uh, off to a rodeo next week, so yeah, it should be fun. Is off this podcasting at a rodeo? Or? Uh, we're going to do some stuff. Up there. Yeah, we're going to do a podcast up there for sure for Batuta. Um, it's a Batuta-based thing. Uh, it's a big campaign we've been running. So, so yeah. this isn't going to be like a podcast from a van type of stunt where you're going to be trying to podcast on the back of a bucking bronco or something like this? No, we'll just try and get some interesting characters up there at the Mount Isa Rodeo. I'm very excited. Yeah, that should be great. You know, oh, a city slicker, soft-handed city slicker like myself yep. <laughs> heading up there. Very keen. Yep. Very, very keen. And look... This is real behind the curtain. The original idea for Batuta was something called Frontier Country. Uh-huh. And that was basically going and documenting uh, stories from the Australian Outback. Wow. So it was going to be video and written. So we're going to do a little bit of that. Cool. Never know. I might jump into uh, Ted Brophy's boxing tent and get knocked out. Yeah, okay. By some ex-Afghanistan war vet. Who, uh, <laughs> who knows? You know, who knows, man? Who like, knows? <laughs> Just so next there, week could it be our last episode. We'll see. Yeah, yeah okay. All right. <laughs> Brain damage soon. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. CTE. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, there's a bit of news coming through this week in the world of podcasting, which is great. We always like to see. Uh, where do we start? I reckon probably this new Warner Music creating an in-house podcast network is pretty interesting. It is very interesting. So like Warner Music, when we say Warner Music, we're going to call them WMG for now. Yep, so that's sure. Warner Music Group, Global Music Company. Includes many, many, many uh, labels, artists, and songwriters you may be familiar with. Um, labels are like Atlantic, 300 Electra, Entertainment, Parlophone, Warner Records. But some of the artists that they've got are like Notorious B.I.G., Dua Lipa, Ed Sheeran, David Guetta, uh, Lizzo Coldplay, Khalid, Cardi B, Bruno Mars, and some little ones like um, there's one like Drake. Have you heard of? I've heard of that. And guy, another yeah, one, yeah. Taylor Swift, I think, is on their yeah, books. Yeah, yeah, Taylor, yeah. Earthquake so, Causer Taylor. Yeah, so, so they're doing all right. Well, they've launched their new podcasting company network uh, called Interval. So this is going to be creating original and exclusive podcasts, uh, which are going to showcase WMG's artists, labels, and, and culture. Big things, man. Yeah, so it's an interesting idea. I mean, all of these you know podcasts that exist, they're out there, they're making shows about music, songs, you know, a bit of behind-the-scenes stuff, but they're not really, they haven't historically been really run by labels or anything like that. They've sort of been like independent you know creators or you know like spot uh with uh the ringer with 60 songs that explain the 90s or bands playing those sorts of shows so i think they've probably seen the success of some of these and decided hey we've got all these guys on contract let's see what else we can do with them and really enrich the overall experience of of the music that's been created Mm. and we've seen the explosion recently of actors and film writers i guess Mm -hmm. um people from tv and film moving across into podcasting 
with mixed success. Yeah. You're taking someone, let's use Spotify as a platform as an example. You're taking someone who's got a massive imprint and following on Spotify uh, using Taylor Swift as the easiest example and saying, all right, there's a Taylor Swift podcast. Already got so many people subscribing and getting alerts on Spotify when you release anything. Yeah. And you just jump a podcast across there. There's, it just seems like a seamless way okay. to at least put your initial content in front of an audience. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for sure. And people want more around albums. I mean, albums and songs don't drop very frequently, no matter how, if you're not even prolific like a Jack Harlow mm. who's dropping sort of one minute 50 songs every couple of weeks. That's still not podcast frequency. So yeah. it yeah. really does open up a lot of opportunities very interesting to see what happens yeah and i think there's the whole sort of machine behind the artists themselves and all of these kind of like little niche subjects around the music industry which are also of interest to a lot of people i would say you know you've got those sort of like behind the scenes like you know here's how the album came together but like what happens when a big you know artist is going on tour like a taylor swift or something like this these huge productions that travel the globe and you know bring in billions of dollars close to and how much downtime do you have on a tour like a lot of downtime and you're meeting a lot of interesting people because you go to everyone comes to your show yeah everyone wants to meet you backstage you're killing time in town between shows during the day what do you do like when i mean not the greatest example but when seinfeld was out here yeah i had a couple mates who were stand-ups and he just they just got bailed up by him going hey i'm i've got no one to go to lunch with before my show and like are you serious Are are you serious yeah great down circular key having lunch with Seinfeld two hours before he went on stage that's the type of thing that happens with bands I mean we used to look after a lot of artists that came to town yeah and there's a lot of this just downtime perfect time to record a podcast and maybe with someone super interesting as well yeah I mean you see we used to hear about it all the time in like the the stand-up comedy podcast and they always talk about this yeah how much time they have to spend and they just waste like walking around at waste you know they (laughs) they tour towns and cities and find out what's happening there and what have you but yeah I mean this is a sort of I don't know, I guess a hobby in your downtime that you could get into and really bring out some good content that's pretty interesting to listen to. Yeah, even if it's just like vlog files from your private jet, like, I'm down. And a lot of these, uh, well, Warner, you know, a lot of these big music companies do have contracts with stand-up comedians and things like that. They all release their stand-up albums, their live shows. So, you know, there's also behind-the-scenes stuff that could happen with that, you know. I mean, there's a a whole myriad of, of... Topics and subjects and things that can be that can come about from this, I think. The company Interval is going to be run by Alan Coy. So he's a veteran podcast producer, but he's also quite strat- a strategist as well. So he joined WMG as a vice president of podcasting content strategy last year. Mm-hmm. So they've been thinking on this for a little while. So their strategy is to leverage the music catalog talent resources to produce a podcast to appeal to fans and general audiences. But as you were saying, formats are all over the place, like music history, comedy, storytelling, interviews, and live performances. You know, they seem to know what they're doing. But a little bit about Alan Coy. Uh, he's produced and launched several successful podcasts, such as Today, Explained, The Nod, and The Cut. These are big podcasts. Mm-hmm. And he's currently working on new podcasts featuring the singer Jason Derulo. Who I recently found out is mega 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 wealthy just off uh topic he uh, no he invests in like a whole bunch of different businesses and one of them is a car wash business and it's like a a huge business real breaking bad shit seriously and he says it's like you know taking the subscription model and putting it into car washes so you can just go multiple times you know that you pay a monthly fee and use it as much as you want that's cool and they're like how much is this thing worth he's like well it's around two billion dollars so (laughs) good work jason derula just slightly off topic there, but no. fun fact. Love it, love it, love it. 
But I find this interesting in that, that you know, they're not sort of calling this Warner Music uh, podcasting or water podcasting or whatever. It is its own title. It is intervals. So will they be going after other uh, musicians from other labels or will this, you know, be limited only to Warner? It's just something to sort of separate out those two entities. I don't know. Mm, and I wonder how much cash is behind this as well. Yeah. I mean, Warner's is the biggest and they're coming off to pretty good numbers. So look, let's see how they go. Now, this kind of segues into this next story quite well. I think it's about Marvel, um, and they're actually cutting their in-house uh, podcast team amidst all the Disney layoffs. So ah, this is a bit of a kind of you know flip side of the coin here, really. Yeah, yeah. Who knew that um, if you told me in the early days of Napster that music's on the way up, yes. Marvel's on the way out. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, Marvel, and it was a small in-house production unit, six employees. Yeah. It was cut in half. Latest round of Disney layoffs, like everyone's getting smashed at Disney, yeah. um, whether it's ESPN, ABC, National Geographic, all their audio teams yeah. are getting absolutely butchered at the moment. They were producing companion and pop culture podcasts around Marvel IP. So stuff like Women of Marvel, The History of Marvel, and This Week in Marvel. Ah, <sighs> It's not like they were going after the big parts. No. And I think, like, as you said, you know, this is a small team of six people. It's been, yes, it's been cut in half to, to three. Um, but it is, you know, a part of the overall larger layoffs from, from Disney. So I don't think it's like, oh, my God, we're doomed here. Yeah. I think probably the, the IP that they have, they're able to produce these shows, I, I say, I reckon they'd be pretty cheap to create. Um, there's a lot of talent in-house that they can still probably leverage. Um, so I don't think think this is like oh this thing's going away completely it's just like you know cost cutting yeah and look i mean the, the remit was to expand the marvel universe of the original and scripted and unscripted podcasts it, it does feel like this was sort of a, oh shit we need a podcast um on the side of all this huge ip we've got yeah. in terms of the marvel universe cinematic universe i mean i think the big thing here is the marvel cinematic universe is in decline, in decline. It's post peak now. Yeah, um, maybe go get a job in Mattel uh-huh. um, and make companion pieces for that. Uh, I'm trying to put a nice spin on this, <laughs> but look, the other thing is Mo- Marvel had a multi year deal with Sirius XM to launch scripted and unscripted podcasts, and that ended early, earlier this year. And that for me feels like the death knell. That's your big, yeah. dist- that's your big platform that you're going out on. That's your big deal yeah it really does feel like they weren't particularly ambitious or overly invested in podcasting and um, this is part of the cuts unfortunately hey jules stocks four out of five people will skip podcast radio style ads interesting are you one of those four out of the five are you the uh, lone star just listening through them all i often listen to see who's advertising but yeah, just so we can see who we should be approaching in terms of who's spending money. Yeah. But um, yeah, this is a report by Signal Hill Insights. Um, maybe we should start a business that does reports on bleeding obvious podcasts. <laughs> um, a lot of traffic coming through on this. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> gee, what a revelation. The stu- it's a study that compared the effectiveness of radio ads and podcast ads for the same brand of product. What's a radio style ad? It's ones that you hear on the radio yeah. and you often hear on podcasts. It's a programmatic ad. It just gets fed out to any podcast within a certain demographic. demographic. And, yeah. It's usually super broad. It's voiced by a VO artist. It has no reference to the podcast you're listening to. It does not have, It's just a generic VO yeah, you'll hear a lot of these now, particularly if you're listening on Spotify or, or one of these kind of platforms where they insert them into the shows. It's always, this show is brought to you by 
seems to be the kind of generic way about it to, to sort of, you know, so it can be used across anything. Um, but some of them are a bit more kind of creative and, and have a bit more thought behind them, I mm. suppose. But they can go on any show yeah. at any time, at the beginning, middle or end. They probably pay about a quarter to a sixth of what a host-read podcast ad reads. Mm-hmm. And look, they're everywhere. We use them a lot as well. I mean, you just use them to fill up ad slots you've got when you don't have a big sponsor yeah. or a, a direct sponsor campaign. Look, some of the key takeaways, podcast probably produce podcast host read ads generate more brand awareness purchase intent um, they perform better than radio ads in terms of uh, ad recall relevance and likability and they're more engaging and persuasive not a huge surprise when you're tailoring a you know, read to the podcast audience content and tone and you're delivering it by the host in a personal and trustworthy way yeah so look interesting but yeah earth shattering <laughs> maybe not maybe not All right, this one's for you. The Kids Podcast Listeners Report. Yeah, so this seems to be a market that's growing quite a bit. Uh, podcasts that are directly made for children. I think like when you say kids, they're, they're looking at that 6 to 12 age range. This one says 87% of kids' podcast listeners have said that they've shared something that they've learned from podcasts with you know other people, which I think is... Okay, it's interesting for me because when I was at school and I was learning things, I don't think I was ever really coming home and being like, oh my God, you're not going to believe what I learned. Now, maybe I was just a particularly dull child, but also maybe I just- a shit student. Yeah, shit student. (laughs) Or maybe I just didn't find it that engaging or whatever. Now, this seems to be cutting through with kids, which is awesome. So they're learning things, they're excited about them, and they want to go on and talk about them, which is great, if you ask me. Yeah, and it lines up with the adult data we were talking about, which is that- a few weeks ago that podcast listeners, the most engaged podcast listeners, the most rusted on yeah. are people who want to learn information. So this is such a great application of podcasting. If you just look at something like Squiz Kids, yeah, um, that's designed as companion listening uh, and it's tailored to be sort of uh, the length for school pickup or drop-off yeah. with a little quiz at the end and make it fun and interactive. Yeah. So it's a good way to do it. And this study sort of lines up with that as well. It says podcast listeners participate in co-listening. So 68% of parents of uh, kid monthly podcasts say their children listen with at least one parent and 54% say their kids listen with siblings. So it's also um, quite different to how adults consume podcasts. It's a shared experience. Yeah. So you're doing it actually together as opposed to podcasting where you do it by yourself. Yeah, and as you said, the length of these things is perfect for being in the car. You can run through some topics, you know, create a sort of safe space where kids want to bring these sorts of things up and talk more about it and engage. And you're able to do that with them having listened to it. So I think it's it's terrific and uh, from a parenting point of view. Um, it's just a great way to engage kids generally in what's going on around the world and, and sort of start to have them interrogate what's happening around them. Yeah, and just a quick note on the top genres that they're listening to. Number one is games. Yeah, okay. So maybe not as educational as <laughs> Maybe uh, I won't be able to contribute <laughs> on that one too much. Uh, music, comedy, Short stories and then adventure and bedtime stories. Yeah, okay. So, look, it sounds like the kids are also having some choice in what they're listening to. Yeah. And then the bedtime stories are parents getting out of having to read at night. (laughs) Now, slightly tangential to this is Radio Not Podcast rules the cars, according to Edison Research. So, Edison Research, Radio Info Australia, uh, published an article about how car listening in the US, basically, it's all radio. So the data is podcasts account for more than 10% of listening time in every location except for the car where there's only 4% share. So radio has a 64% of car listening. 
Then it's followed by owned music, 12%, streaming audio, 11%, satellite radio at 7%. Maybe not so surprising. Look, this is the US. As we've stated before, Australia is the number one podcasting market in the world. We listen more than anyone. So we are you know, obviously number one in, in that kind of area again, as well as a, a number of others. Also, the car is traditionally the place of the radio and, and music. Now, the fact that it's up to you know and above 10% is quite interesting in and of itself I think because that means it's, it's growing quite a bit but you think about when you're in the car you are often with other people you know this is we've just been talking about the kids podcasts generally you might chuck on some music to appease everyone in the car and it's just something that you know everyone can get behind whereas like if you want to do a podcast you've got to find the one that's going to appeal to everyone in the car yes and look the writer of the report speculates that some of the reasons for radio's dominance in the car are people want local information Mm-hmm. And it's much easier to just switch on the radio and get local news than it is to dial in a podcast. The US is a huge country as well. Yeah. Perhaps there's also not as many cars with Bluetooth. Uh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it covers a huge range of people. So that's absolutely right. Like, it's not sort of that embedded yeah. in some parts of the country. And those parts of the countries make up a huge population. And, and satellite radio is a massive thing in the US as well. Yeah. So... You know, you're getting stuff like a Howard Stern or something over there as well. Yeah. And I think, look, radio is traditionally one of those things that you can just whack on as background noise. You're not, not sort of actively listening. You're not actively engaging um, the way that you are with podcasts. So it is probably just an, a much easier thing just to blast on, you know, when you're just wanting to zonk out and not have to think about show selection, right? Mm. It's the same as like TV. You still put that on in the background at home when you walk in. You might not be actually listening to it, but it's just something to fill the background. More insights into the Bathstone household. That's right. That's right. White noise. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We, we, we wanted to touch on this last week, but we were running a bit long. An interesting long-form article on Vanity Fair. After the podcast Gold Rush, is audio too corporate to be cool? Interesting article. Um, I'd, just, I'd love to just start with this quote. I've never heard this quote before, mm-hmm. and this should, this should go into any origin of podcast sort of story. Back in 2005, podcast, the word, was the new Oxford American Dictionary's word of the year. That June, pacing in his signature black turtleneck, Steve Jobs presented podcasts as an integral part of Apple's future. What is podcasting, he asked. Uh, one way it's been described is a Wayne's world for audio, which means that anyone without much capital investment can make a podcast, put it on a server, and get the worldwide audience for the ra- their radio show. Jobs declared it was the hottest thing going in radio. I never knew this. Yeah, and what's interesting is you know he's clearly identified this as as a growth area right now. He died probably not too long after this, um, and the company was taken over by Tim Apple, Tim Cook, um, Tim who Apple. maybe just didn't share the same passion for podcasting. And this could explain some of the ways in which it hasn't been that much of a focus for their product development. And while we haven't seen that uh, many changes in the in the in their podcast platform over the years. Yeah, while they didn't take their thirty percent cut and get mega rich. Oh, yeah. they already mega rich. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. I guess the premise of the article well, you're going from that when it was, hey, it's it's radio, anyone can do it. To suddenly it was like not too long ago, every celebrity, their mother and former president had a podcast and signed a multi million dollar deal to do it. So a lot of those deals have now gone, gone to shit, yeah. as we've seen. And a lot of people are getting uh, laid off. Yeah, I think, you know, we've talked 
nauseous him about this kind of big pump in, in money and podcasting and getting all these celebrities through and everything. Now, there was that time big before podcasts. it. Yeah, exactly, where it was much more organic. There was the craft of these things. People were creating their stories. It was much more organic and people were buying into that authenticity. When, you know, the big money was spent, people would have a listen, of course, because you know, there's a bit of interest there. But then we did see that big drop off. People who were getting the most power and money uh, seem to care least about the craft. So this is kind of changing. Maybe we are going back into that sort of leveling out of, of you know proper craft around these shows. Yeah. What podcasting was originally there for is a kind of you know something for everyone. Yeah, and look, I've got no problem with a big money deal for like a Joe Rogan, a Caller Daddy, a Louis Theroux, or someone like that. Who Hamish and Andy, people who are genuine talent and talents in this space, and you're going, I want them. Yeah. On my network, and I want these as, as my talent. But then you're looking at different the Obamas. Yeah. Harry Megan, whoever it may be, hey, a celebrity here, here, do a show. We, yeah, it's like, what would they talk about? Yeah, you're, you're a celebrity or you're a famous figure, a famous historical figure. Yeah, what would you talk about? Yeah. So yeah, hopefully that's all moving on. Look, the general takeaway is that the podcast industry is still growing um, significantly. I mean, two billion revenue projected this year after eight hundred forty-two million in twenty nineteen, but it's facing some challenges such as content discovery, audience fragmentation, and quality control. But we've also got the innovations to counteract that. So we're seeing a lot of new things like uh, interactive podcasts and live podcasting, social audio platforms, which is really interesting as ways to kind of you know further amplify and, and try something different with the medium, which is really cool. Yeah, and this is a, this is a really interesting read. They've got to interview a couple very high-profile sort of podcast people, including Ira Glass. It's just an interesting read. And in general, hopefully this sort of big celebrity podcast era is over <laughs> and ballet, big podcasting, and let's get back to just doing cool shit and yeah. making money. Love it. All right, look, on that bombshell, I know you got to get out of here. So, look, thanks, everyone, and uh, speak to you next week. Yeah, don't forget to jump on the socials and follow us at behind underscore the underscore podcast on Instagram. Check out some of the content that's being made there by Ruby and the team. That's unreal. And thanks again to Mandy, as always, for producing this beast. Thank you